0: a better word. There we go. Okay. Welcome to episode 101 of Cowboys Ride to Free the Podcast. My name is Joel Penfield, and tonight I am joined by a pitcher formerly at Oklahoma State on the 2016 College World Series team, now in the Mets organization, Trey Cobb. Uh, We did a podcast for a little while, but then he got busy with the whole professional baseball thing. uh, But I'm glad to have him back on here. Trey, how's it going? It's good to have you on here again. Hey, hey, we'll take it, man. It's it's been fun. I'm glad we we're I'm glad that we we're able to get back together because we had we had a really good run there for a little while. Yeah, we did. It
1: was it was nice because we were able to you know kind of develop a relationship that's been pretty fun between um, us. And you know, anytime I get to talk to somebody that knows more about baseball than even I do, it's
0: pretty it's pretty rare. So the, uh, the fact that you gave me that compliment, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I will own that one. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, we just did episode 100. Now, granted, Philip and I have been doing, you know, two uploads a week or so since, you know, about football season. So, we got there pretty quick. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. and I enjoy, I've enjoyed the hell out of doing this. Um, and I'm glad to get you back on. And hopefully we can do this more in the future, obviously. But, you know, before we move into it, we're going to talk a little bit of Cowboy Baseball here and give them a little shout-out on the podcast. They took two out of three from uh, Texas Rio Grande Valley this weekend. Uh, but how's your off season going? Obviously, you know, you're with the Mets organization, and pitchers and catchers have reported and all that. So, you know, what have you been working on this off season, And, you know, kind of how how things have been going? Obviously, you're probably heading down to uh, Port St. Lucie here pretty soon, right? Yeah, well, this off
1: season was definitely interesting. You know, I've worked my butt off, lost, like, 17 pounds, you know, trying to really plumb up and, and get really good shape to get down there and be ready to impress people and, you know, kind of try to work myself into that you know, double-A position, you know, whether it was breaking with the team or going in June and getting called up there, you know, I wanted to, that was the goal for this year, you know, get double-A put myself in position for conversation so I'm getting that and, you know, I throw for three months and then my first bullpen I'm getting ready and throw a pitch, feel a pop, you know, the old story and get the tightness after that and then, uh, you know, I, I have to have a Tommy John surgery Whether or not I ever make it to the big leagues or not, I'll know for what it's like to be a big leaguer in Manhattan for about
0: two days, even if I was getting surgery, just by the way they treated me. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that says a lot about the Mets organization. Obviously, you know, I'm a Royals fan, Mariners fan. I don't know too much about the Mets, but I think that's really cool. that says a lot about how they treat their guys from rookie ball all the way up to the major leagues. I think that's really cool. And I remember seeing on your, your Instagram story, I think it was what it was, that you were in New York, and I was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know if it was because you were getting elbow surgery, but you know that and as unfortunate as that is, I know you're gonna come back even stronger and even better in 2020 uh, for this team, you know in this organization. I think that's you know that's great. But hey, I mean, if you're not gonna be playing this year, maybe we can bring back the podcast. who knows?
1: with, you know, my wife and my dog, and
0: living in Florida just throwing baseballs <laughs> that's a yeah, life I, I want, want, man yeah. Are you kidding? Throw a <laughs> yeah you know it's at some point you'll start throwing baseballs again obviously you know you gotta you know you don't want to work it too hard because this is about a 12 to 15 month rehab so i i completely understand you know you want to take it easy but shoot you'll be living in Florida that's not a bad deal at all
1: yeah not at all i think more about the pack to head out there relief on sunday so we just leave all the sweatpants and all the jeans and the jackets
0: and everything at home. We're getting nothing but t-shirts and shorts for the next 15 months. <laughs> Not a bad deal there at all, man. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm rooting for you, obviously, or you're a good friend of mine. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I followed you pretty much all last season. Whenever I was bored and looking on baseball reference, because that's what I do when I'm bored. For anyone that wants to know anything about me, that's what I do. I'm a nerd in that sense but I always love looking up Oklahoma State guys. You're one of the first guys I always looked at and see how you were doing. And obviously, you killed in Columbia. You did well in St. Lucie with the high A team. You still haven't got to play with Tim Tebow yet, and I'm still waiting on that because I really want to talk to that guy. Yeah, we need to... We want, I need to get... I, you know, I would hate
1: to wish injury on anybody. But let's just say Tebow maybe gets like a little hamstring issue or something really nice and easy. So he could be in the big leagues in no time, but he has to come down to St. Louis and rehab with me for a couple of weeks. So I get to know him, and then I'm sure Tim would just love to come on the podcast. He's got nothing better, but, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't spend his time doing anything else.
0: So I think that would be like the ultimate white whale for like any podcast. But to get it on a, a site that he's not affiliated with whatsoever, that might be like the greatest day in like Big Twelve podcast history. He is the greatest human on the planet, uh, if we're just gonna be honest here. He absolutely is. Um, but <laughs> let, let's move on to a little bit of Oklahoma State stuff before we just sit here and shoot the ball for, you know, 30 minutes and we don't actually get to anything that revolves around Oklahoma State at all. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Oklahoma State you and you followed the games, you know, really closely this weekend, so I'm gonna kinda of, I'll let you take the lead here on a lot of the insight. But what were some things that you saw from this team? Obviously they took two out of three uh, in their opening series. Unfortunately they're the the last home opener at Alley P uh, got uh, is canceled this weekend because we're supposed to get about four inches of snow allegedly here in Stillwater uh, here on Tuesday. Um, so obviously we're gonna have to wait for that. But what did you see from the team against Rio Grande Valley that gives you you know some hope and some optimism for what we're gonna see this season?
1: Well, you know everybody everybody knows about the offense this year we returned a lot of home runs from last season. Uh, you know we we also returned a lot of swing and misses. Unfortunately, but you know there's, there's a lot of power in the lineup. It's a good lineup, and uh but the thing that encouraged me the most from this weekend was the pitching depth. You know, Jensen is going to be Elliott. You know, he didn't pitch like he wanted to, but you know, he threw four innings, gave up two unearned or two earned. You know, you'll take you'll take that with your first start. Um, you know, Logan didn't throw like he wanted to on Saturday, but I'm sure you know, he'll fix that in the bullpen probably had I mean throwing them that first you know this one game you're gonna have some jitters and uh
0: Absolutely, you know, as a, as a you know passionate baseball fan like I am, you know, those are two of the best things you can see from your starting pitcher. You know, any pitcher that comes on the mound, that can get any strikeout. You love that. You love seeing home runs. This seems to hit a lot of them. The gap bands and been fired up a lot. Nowie P, um, especially for this last season, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Before we move over over to a bright stadium, uh, but like you mentioned with Max Hewitt, I don't know too much about him, and I'm looking forward to watching him play here. Uh, in the next few, you know, next few games, I know they have a weekend series this weekend against Wright State, I believe. But he went three for four on Friday, first night of the year, with two RBIs and two walks as well. So you see the discipline he has, and he's ba- he was batting either leadoff or two hole, you know, both nights or all three games. So you know he kind of struggled a little bit on Sunday, but you know they still were able to get the win. So you, you know you take that what you can get, but then he still went two for four out of the leadoff spot as well on Saturday. So you see the talent that he has, and hopefully he can continue to move on with that. You know the guy I always I like to watch. Earlier really last year was Carson McCusker, and he fired up the gap band for the first time this year. Uh, hit an Oppo Taco at a right center uh, today, really to give the Cowboys a lead, and they didn't look back after that. Um, but I I really like what you said about the pitching as well. Uh, Jensen Elliott, you know I I know him; he's a good friend of mine as well. Um, you know he was a huge part of your guys' rotation that year that you guys went to the College World Series, and obviously he missed mo- he missed all of. 2017 with Tommy John nearly, and then nearly all of 2018 came back at the end of last year and did well out of the bullpen. But to see him start again, it's awesome. I love to see that because how good he is. I'm pretty sure that he could tell me that he's going to throw me his his changeup, and I probably still wouldn't be able to hit it. Like, there's no way. Like, his sinker slider change combo is so good, Uh, especially as a starter. I love seeing that. You know, he's going to go longer than four innings, no doubt in my mind. Peyton Battenfield, Joe Liner, Ben Lieber, that's a great. Back end, you know, end of your bullpen right there. You can give it to those guys. If you start your starter, you need five innings. You can give it to those guys. You're going to get a win most nights. Uh, and then it's good to see Mitchell Stone as well. He only made two starts last year before he ended up redshirting with an injury. But he's a lefty that's big and gets a ton of tilt on his fastball and his changeup as well. And he's the guy that I'm looking forward to. If he's the Sunday starter most of the year, uh, this team's going to be very, very good. And I'm very excited for what they're going to do. Non-conference play is going to be, you know, the, the Big 12 and, you know, Texas Tech, TCU, Texas, the, the conference play is going to tell us a lot more about how good this team truly is, but if they can continue to win games and do it, you know, with pitching and a little bit, just enough offense to kind of get them moving, I think they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, I think so too.
1: I think that, you know, playing playing for John and Rob and, and uh, James is like the – the biggest, the biggest thing is how you start the season has no reflection on how that team is going to be. You know, um, you, know you could lose, uh, I think my freshman year, we played Oakland, and Oakland won five games all season, and we lost to them on Friday night. You know, our games Friday night lost to Oakland, and they won- they won five games, and, you know, we lo- we got spanked by Central Arkansas. and just seemed like for a couple of weeks everybody that came in still water walked us and then you know the big club play comes around and then we won the conference by like five games and you know you just never know what's going to happen but the one thing is for sure is that you know we never have had a weekend starters for the first weekend stay the same for the entire season and I think that this team has a chance to have you know these three weekend guys stay option. Yeah, and they're, they're going back, you know, <laughs> and they're, they're headed back to Omaha, so uh, we have a we have this, look at me, but, um, you know, I could I definitely see it happening
0: with this squad. Yeah, I've seen multiple projections from sites that, you know, I've talked about that cover callers, like you one baseball, and others that have their projections for the season, and most that I've seen have had Oklahoma State in those eight teams that end up playing at TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha, and... For, and this is just a general statement for any college baseball fan. If you've never been to Omaha, go. It is one of the most incredible experiences, and obviously you played in it, so you know how incredible it is. But just as a fan and someone who just loves the game of baseball, you have to go to Omaha and just watch a couple games there. Even if your team isn't there, it's amazing. I happened to go the year that you guys went to the College Bowl Series. My buddy and I actually, one of my good, really good friends. We planned to go anyways, but we happened to go, and Oklahoma State made it, so it made it that much better for me. It was it was awesome. But another guy that I actually really was impressed with as well it was the grad transfer from Stanford, Bryce Carter, who is you know a catcher and DH, and it's kind of taking the pressure off Colin Simpson to, have to catch every day, uh, and to have a healthy guy there because uh, Travis Wacker was a good guy, but he just wasn't. He was never able to stay healthy, and I think that was you know an issue, obviously with Simpson being able to. Catch You know, having to catch every day, but still, you know, hit every day as well. Uh, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off a guy like Tank. Um, he And obviously, in his first game, wearing, you know, we talked about the Oklahoma State uniform and how much it means because of all the great guys that played before you. And Bryce Carter went 3-4 with three, three RBIs that first game. And then, you know, he's played the rest of the weekend and done really well. So, I think he's a guy that at least we can hang our hat on and go, you know, he's a guy that I think is going to have a huge impact on this team. And I look forward to being able to watch him play in person here in a few, you know, a few days. Hopefully, it's not thirty degrees at Alley P on Wednesday when they actually get to play. But either way, I'm, I'm excited for what this team is going to have this year, especially when you have a little bit of senior guys and guys that have experience playing at the Division One level. I think it's going to mean a lot for this team. Yeah, the team, they definitely have that right that right mix you have the senior leadership, you have juniors that have played,
1: you have the young guys that are you know getting their feet wet. But you know, when you have an experienced team like this, this is a team that has been through it. You know, they have, they're still guys kind on of a team that played in Omaha, played in Omaha, pitched in Omaha, hitting Omaha, you know. They know what it takes to get there. And they know, and they've seen what it looks like when, you know, teams go bad. You know, my, my senior season, everybody got hurt. Mm-hmm. And then he goes out, and he's just like an offensive force to be reckoned with the first weekend. So you were like, okay, well, we're gonna take it, you know. Um, and if you're, if you're, you know, specialty framing throwing guys out after your defensive specialist center is gonna
0: hit, who knows what's gonna happen next year? Right. Love that, you know. And obviously, you can speak more to this, but for a guy like Hall Throne, we actually interviewed him on our podcast about you know over a year ago, but how much he meant to that team, but just his ability to just go back there and just be a wall, you know, that means so much, you know, as much as people, you know, value the catcher position and as someone that, you know, really likes to value, you know, look at scouting and things like that. Like you don't always have to hit to be a catcher. You just have to be a guy that can just be a, you know, a brick wall back there and just, you know, be able to catch anyone on a staff and you're going to have value. And that's what Bryce Carter is. Even if he maybe doesn't hit to the, what we saw this, you know, this weekend, he can still have a ton of value to this team, and you know, moving forward professionally as well. Yeah, and the, the, the first the first
1: bullpen the call broke off that caught the throw caught at Oklahoma State were me and Thomas Hatch, and so I, he Thomas threw then I threw, and we walked off the bat and We were walking in the locker room together to do our treatment, and Thomas looked at me and he said, "We don't even have to throw strikes. Uh-huh. I mean, we we were throwing sinkers okay. and to shoe tops." And Colin Thoreau made it look like it was in their kneecaps. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, it was. It was There was, was a magician back there, and I've never seen a guy turn the ball like that again until I saw Bryce Harper catching bullpens when I was on when I was there. When it break, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this pitching staff up not the those strikes."
0: That's key, a great feeling, you know.
1: he could just he's framing ever since. So as long as he keeps, you know that. That motto of you know I'm gonna frame everything i every
0: runner that dude's gonna catch. I love it, uh, and I think that's awesome. That's gonna mean so much to this team is that if this team is anything like we went to Omaha and you have a guy like that. You know that that's gonna mean so much for a pitching staff, and then anything he provides offensively, especially. I mean, I always go back to the the home run call and throw hit in the Supers against South Carolina, and I don't think that ball's come down from orbit yet. You know, it's that's just
1: mean, it's we, we were playing. It. Columbia last year, and I told some of my buddies about that home run, and I was like, you know, I lived with a couple guys, and we drove around by the stadium, I'm huh? like, it went over there, and they were like, no, Jesus, no. I said, oh, yeah, dude, I mean, because that scoreboard is, you know, the scoreboard there is so far away and high up, and that thing went, you know, that, it cleared the scoreboard, it cleared the trees, I huh? I mean, you know, usually somebody hits a ball and you're like, oh, that's gone. In college, there's not a lot of guys like oh, to power. You know, Colin Simpson has it, and Colin Thoreau had it. Colin Thoreau just had the, unfortunately, he had the Swiss cheese barrel in, in college, but. Where-
0: it was incredible. I, I was watching that live and I think I just ran around my living room. And by the time I went back and looked at the TV, I don't think the ball had come down yet. So <laughs> it was, it was awesome. But, you know, wrapping up here real quick, you know, is to just give a little bit of just a brief preview of the weekend. And I'm sure we're going to have you back on more, unfortunately, because you're not, you know, pitching and you're being a, you know, a, a clubhouse, you know, talking about this team, because I'd love to just talk as much baseball as I can on this thing. Um, you know, this is the last season of P Reynolds Stadium, and as not great as the facility is, you know, there's a lot of history in that stadium as we move toward the, you know, brand new ballpark that's just going to be absolutely incredible, and I'm so excited to go to a game there at some point. Give me your favorite memory in that ballpark. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but... My
1: favorite favorite P memory, I've got so many, but it has to just be that. So my freshman season, we were playing Cal State Balls And we were in the Catbird's seat. So we, you know, we win and we go to Super Regionals. They win. We have to play on Monday. Well, they had, I don't remember his name, but they had like a fifth round draft pick sitting there waiting to throw on Monday. Because their staff was, I think it was like second rounder, second rounder, third rounder, fifth rounder. Well, we didn't have the fifth rounders yet way to throw on Monday. We were toast. Right. We had to we had to get it done. And we fell behind early and you know, we hung around, hung around. And in the sixth inning or seventh inning, uh, Connor Costello hit a two run home run at the, the game. And I thought that place was coming down. Like the the how L is set up is the seats are, you know, but there's no dugout, you know, the, there's not the, it's not the typical, you know, dugout, and then the seats are behind the dugout, The seats are
0: on top of the dugout. Right. And so,
1: everybody's stomping up there, and I'm looking at our, the lights, and the dugout are swinging back and forth, and there's just dust that's coming down, who knows how old this is, you know, huh. there's dust coming down, and I'm like, this thing's coming down right now, like, there's no way. hit the single to give us the lead. And how, how loud I thought it was for Connor Costello. man and what-
0: It's amazing what Coach Holiday and Coach Walt and Coach Vallade have been able to do and the guys that have been able to get to Oklahoma State to play baseball with some of the worst facilities in the country. I can only imagine what they're going to be able to recruit and the guys they're going to be able to bring in with one of the best facilities in the country up there with some of those SEC schools like Vanderbilt, Florida, LSU. They wouldn't have built this if it wasn't going to be top-notch. So I'm so excited for what the future of this program is. And I know... You and I talked when they announced the stadium, and you, you mentioned, like, they might as well just buy real estate in Omaha because they're going to be there every year. And I think that's going to be the coolest thing. But before we wrap up here, I'll give you my, my Alley P. memory, I guess. And, obviously, I might have one to my topic, you know, this year as a senior. But when I was a freshman and Thomas Hatch was just slicing and dicing everybody up in the Big 12, when I was in the game and it was against TCU. It was a top. I think it was a top 15 matchup. I think y'all were you know, that highly ranked in the country at the time. And TCU was one of the best hitting teams in the country. And Thomas Hatch went out there and threw a two-hit shutout. And it the, the game was maybe, most college games, unfortunately, are like three and a half or four hours. And this game was maybe two and a half because he had just, he was just getting everybody out. And I think the two guys that went out and got on base, I think we were talking about this before we recorded, that both guys that got on base got picked off at first. So there was no one that was even a remote threat to score for TCU. And it was one of the most dominant pitching performances I've ever seen regardless, in, in person, regardless of level of baseball. And it was just awesome. And, you know, as I look back on my time at Oklahoma State as I'm you know getting close to graduation, easily one of the top five favorite memories I've ever had in an Oklahoma State sporting event, like without a doubt in my mind.
1: Yeah, he was, he was unbelievable that year. So after we're done here, I want you to look up. Uh, so I got to witness three incredible seasons in a row at L.A.P. Rail Stadium: Brendan McCurry, Michael Freeman, and Thomas Hanks. Yep. But their statistical years unbelievable. Oh
0: god, they, they were just ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that that wins over high school guys and even JUCO
1: guys for that matter.
0: It's it, it's yeah,
1: going to be great. High guys, all those high school guys want we'll to see now are all bells and and you know, and they're going to have them all.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm so excited for this season. You know, Trey, thanks again for coming on and doing this with me. I really, you know, I really appreciate it. And you know, I've, we've been, you know, we've been pretty good friends here for over a year now, doing the podcast together and just. Talking baseball—it's been awesome. But I'm glad to get you back on airwaves again. And obviously, you know, as unfortunate as it is that you're going to be hurt this year, I definitely think we should bring back the podcast, the the Bushley podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that that sounds awesome. Thanks for having me, Joel. Absolutely. Hey, before you leave, uh, plug your social media here really quick for anyone. For some reason, if they don't follow you on Twitter, uh, they should you should give them their your at real quick.
1: Oh my gosh! And then get the at cobert underscore twenty.
0: That that sounds about
1: right. Just search Trey Cobb, and then give me a follow. All it's all Oklahoma
0: State all the time. My best friends make fun of me so much. Hey, it's worth it though. Yeah, that means you're one your school and I think I think that's one of the coolest things, you know, when you see guys that, you know, went to their school but when they leave they don't lose the love for it. And I think that's awesome. I think that says a lot about Oklahoma State as well. You know, just as a whole. Um you can follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. And we'll be back, and I think we might have our co-host Phil back next week, but I will need to check with him. Uh, I'm hoping that we can get him back here pretty soon uh, so we can get some more content out for you guys. Thank you very much for listening, and have a good one. And I'll see you in the next episode.